The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Charred landscape. Watching the female bouts at the beginning on the tent of bedecked terraces. Tonight's song is... Ten times my age, one tenth my height. I see hobgoblins. I see hobgoblins. Uh, City Hobgoblins, released July 11th, 1980, as the B-side to How I Wrote Elastic Man... Uh, the the single how I wrote Elastic Man sorry um, so nineteen eighty that's this is pretty early on in, um, it's around the time of uh, Graham after the Graham mm-hmm. right grotesque, grotesque. yeah um, so uh, Mark has stated I believe it's in a um, an interview uh, that this was a pay into paranoia number. 1097 <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty good um let's see uh oh it was produced by jeff travis uh the owner of rough trade and mayo thompson of red Criolla um and corky's debt to his father and pair ubu for a bit so i thought that was pretty interesting too because i think mayo had had was in um he was involved with like rough trade around this time yeah, he um, produced like uh, the Raincoats record, I think. Yeah, he and, did. Or a, and he was part of like Essential Logic as well, or one of those groups that uh, came out of that era. Mm-hmm. And I think the Red Crayola was putting out records on Rough Trade at that time because I have Soldier Talk, and I think that was one of the ones that he made over there. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I haven't listened to that one as much. So that would make sense <laughs> as to why I didn't remember it. Um, okay. No, I, I just thought, I, I like Mayo Thompson. I really like Corky's debt to his father. So, right. Uh, I think that's probably one of my favorite things by him. Um, there's a few Red Crow things I really like, but definitely I like that solo album. No, that, but, that's um, an incredible record. Yeah. Yeah. It is really good. Um, so, uh, let's see. Writer Mark Goodall. States it is based on um, Camus, Sartre, and especially Alfred Jarry. Right. Um, which is which is interesting because Alfred Jarry being um, the creator of the character pair Ubu, um, not the band that Mayo Thompson was a part of, but where they did steal their name from. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the, it kind of works out pretty well. Um, let's see, uh, annotated, um, oh, so, so this is pretty interesting. Uh, they had talked, uh, uh, sorry, annotated fault says that hobgoblins may be about soccer hooligans, um, that, uh, they were called Perry boys in Manchester because of their penchant f- for wearing the Fred Perry polo shirts that, uh, f- fashes here in the U.S. like to wear now. Yeah, um, I remember those. I remember those being a big Brit pop thing, like you know, uh, Damon yeah. Albert and stuff wearing those. So just to have them turned into like this calling card for the alt right here is really, really weird. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's supposedly. I don't know. I think it has something to do with some sort of like working class uniform. Yeah. But also, also like it's like a British culture thing, right? So like, why, why are they doing, I don't know. I there's think, a new, 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think it's something to do with that that soccer hooligan thing. You know, I think they're trying mm-hmm. to. I don't know, bring that into the political sphere of just being, you know, supposed badasses to kick people's <laughs> kick the shit out of people that, that disagree with them. Right. Um, Except the soccer hooligans are just assholes who drink way too much and beat the shit out of people yeah. for no apparent reason. So <laughs> great. Awesome. Um, dickheads. Uh, so, Oh, also there's a new, at the time of this recording, new, uh, Sleaford Mod song called like Second, and I watched the video for it. Hmm. It's pretty funny. The video is pretty funny. It has two women pretending to be the Sleaford Mods. Oh, I need to see it, this. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, but the the uh, the singer uh, is wearing a Fred Perry polo shirt, and the and the actual Sleaford Mods are in this very small crowd at a open mic night. And <laughs> so I don't want to ruin it for you. No, thank you. A, it has a surprise ending, which oh. is pretty goddamn funny. Nice. But um, I love but no, I thought, Yeah, yeah, no, I, I thought that was pretty interesting too because like she's wearing one of those Fred Perry shirts. I'm like, really? <laughs> um, okay, but also, oh, just I still on the fascist slash British thing. Um, I know whenever uh, the uh, not the idols, but idols put out that Danny Nadelko yeah. video. They were running around making the okay sign because they were like, we're going to take it back. Right. From It's like, okay, you know, cool. But I, I didn't know that that was like a British thing anyway. Was that a British thing? Like to go okay like that? I, or, you know, I never I, heard never, that being a thing. No. No, me either. That's why I was like, what the fuck? That's so weird. <laughs> like what is going on with the world today? There, and also Britain and the U.S. are fucking up COVID. Yeah. I think we know. I think that's why. I think they just realized that the British and the U.S. are fucking everything up. And so they're just trying to move everything back and forth. Like, that, that could be. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Sorry. That was a dumb rant there at the end. But anyway. So <laughs> so, so, uh, it's, so on the annotated fall site, um, there's a Morrissey interview in which Morrissey – uh, talks about uh, the lines from um, the song that are Hobgoblins infest my home at night. They're not all right. Ten times my age, one-tenth my height. Mm-hmm. And he thought, th- and Morrissey thought that that was about soccer hooligans running around in, in Manchester. So that was why they thought it was like a, they they posited that it was about soccer hooligans. Interesting. I mean, I I could totally see because that's all, always how I understood the song to just be about you know these yabos hanging out on the street harassing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was thinking of it a little differently too because of uh, uh, and I mentioned him before. Mark Fisher has like a three essay thing on his old k-punk site about um like the old and weird like the weird uh weird fiction portions of mark's lyrics Mm -hmm. and this is and this is one of the songs that's part of that sort of essay group um so so you've got like hobgoblins you know running around the city there's uh he called (laughs) he says that queen victoria uh, is a large black slug in Piccadilly, Manchester, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's, but there's a picture 
I think it's probably from Annotated Fall. Uh, there's a picture of the statue that's in Piccadilly in Manchester uh, that is of Queen Victoria, and she does look like a black slug. She, <laughs> it, it's like, it's seriously like uh, a 19th century version of like Jabba the Hutt or something. But a, but oh, like yeah, a, look at that. a big a big statue. Yeah. So so it looks like the like, it looks like the the dude in Dune, like you know. Right, I yeah. That character was. That's right too. Yeah. I f- totally forgot about. It. Yeah. So, um, so I kind of think of this as like one of the things where Mark's taking reality and turning it into like a weird fiction story, mm-hmm. rather than just like talking about whatever you know, like <laughs> dog breeders or <laughs> and, and and priests or you know whoever. Right. Right. Uh, he's actually taking a look at things and turning you know the city that he lives in into sort of a a a hellscape of some sort you know so he's kind of like changing things up so it kind of seemed like he was just adding a little bit of you know of this supernatural liminal state to uh to his to his song lyrics but also to his life at least and as it as represented by this song okay I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I mean, it's from that? that time period too. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I don't know. And we've kind of we've kind of talked about that a lot, just because he definitely has that that going in like the first five albums. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't no, mean no, 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 not at all. I, I, that, I. I kind of lost my train of thought so please <laughs> sorry um so yeah i think that just i don't know i mean and this is another one where like it's, it starts off with like that weird um <laughs> like this, it, it's not it's not a normal fall song from this time period like it it becomes a normal fall song but does it it starts off with like weird like cowbelly sort yeah. of sounds and uh, it's it's way more rhythmic than a lot of stuff that they were doing. Um, a little danceable in a weird way too. You yeah, know? no, that's what. It, yeah, exactly. So um, I guess well, I don't know. I mean, they're always kind of rhythmic. It's just that uh, they got better at it later. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I think a lot of these songs are still like the really sloppy sort of uh, not punk rock, but you know, close enough to punk rock um, yeah, sort, sort of, of thing. There's repetitive. And then this one starts with that weird, you know, clave cowbell thing or whatever it is. So I don't know. I just, there's something it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a good, it's a good song from this period, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. The, yeah. And the, it, just, the, it sort of marks them sort of maturing as musicians, like this version of the fall where I think they could like just sustain a groove for lack of a better term, you know, where, I mean, uh-huh. the other songs, you know, they could sustain rhythms, but there's not really a, a groove to them or too jerky and a little too off kilter where this one's a little more direct in that way. Right. Right. No, exactly. Um, would, did they just have the one drummer on here? I can't remember now. Sorry. No, it's all um, right. I can look it up while, while I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I guess I could too. Oh no, my phone's about to die. What no! do I do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, they just okay. had uh, Steve Hanley's brother Paul playing drums on this one. So oh, so what's his face had left for some time, one of his time periods. Yeah, and then come he'll come back later. Okay, okay. Well, maybe that that has something to probably has something to do with it because Paul Hanley is. Uh, <laughs> there's also that one song where he tells him to turn that bloody thing off, or you know, <laughs> turn the space invaders off, or something yes. like that. Um, around this time period, and that apparently was some weird like Casio or something that Paul Hindley had that got on the recording. I can't or they told him to put it on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, oh, and it, hell yeah, I told you that. I, I ordered that book. Uh, oh right. About the recording of uh, of uh, Hex Induction Hour. I'm really excited um, to hear about how that one is. Yeah, I'll, I haven't gotten it yet, so I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm still working on the uh, uh, Spaceman Three book. Right. But I, I'll let you know. Um, I need to go kick a cat's ass again. <laughs> Hold on. Yams, dude, what are you doing? That's right. He, now he looks all ashamed. <laughs> I didn't even have to get up. He knows what I he's just, doing. Yeah. Yeah, basically, I I didn't even have to get up. I just looked at him, and yelled at him, and he's like, oh. All right, I did it. All right, (laughs) (laughs) jackass. All right. Anyway, uh, so that's basically all I had for that one. Um, I don't know that there's much to cover. I don't know. What do you What do you think about City Hobgoblins? Uh, It's always been a favorite of mine. I think when I first heard it, um, probably in the early nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. just getting a cassette of a radio show. We're going to bring my brother back into this. Oh, okay. A radio show that he did for a station in Boston. Someone was um, – so a friend of his had a show there and invited him on, and he would play – you know, amidst all the sort of playlist stuff that they had to do, like mm-hmm. the, the college radio hits at the time, he, they would sneak in songs that he wanted to listen to, and one of them was – this one, he was like, he just was tickled by the idea of playing this to a, a Boston area crowd at whatever part. I think it was in, early in the morning, too, on an AM <laughs> station. And so, yeah, I think he just wanted to really mess with people a little bit with it. So so I had a cassette of that, and I, and I yeah, I really loved this song. It was just like, wow, this is one of the, the yeah, the, the better, more groovier uh, fall songs that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. Because even, like, the, the flip side, even the, the A side of the single, like Howard Elastic Man, is not, you know, there's no groove to that one. That's just, like, in that really jerky stop-start kind of motion where this one's a little a little more straight. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking, yeah, when I was thinking of, of that time period and that this one was groovier, definitely how I wrote Elastic Man would have been the A side, and that's what I was thinking of. It was just, like, dang, 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 you know, like, it's it's very much, like, I don't know. They're kind of antithetical in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and it kind of makes me wonder, like, I don't know. I don't know. That, you know, where it kind of seems like they were moving towards City Hobgoblins as, as you know, with their song craft, I would say, after that point. Oh, yeah. That direction. So, um, yeah. So, you know. Because, like think, you said, Grotesque came out around this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might have. I think it's a little okay. after. I don't know. I'm just trying to remember what's on Grotesque here. I'm looking at the track list now. It was like uh, New Face in Hell. And Pay Your Rates yeah. and the song we talked about with my brother, S and C and C S Mithering and Yeah, yeah. Container drivers. So again, just like very 
you know, postmodern punks type stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd say that Mewface in Hell is a bit groovy, but only because of the song that is based on probably, you yeah. know, cause it's got that. Yeah. So, um, Hmm. So it was there, but yeah, it was, I don't know. I don't know which came first, the hobgoblin or the grotesque. But, um. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think it's actually like that single, was more of like the the turning point toward, turning point towards what slates was, you know. Yeah. Where slates had a little more of a directness to it than than uh, previous work, and then by the time they get to you know hex induction hour, right? Yeah. So it, I don't know. it's all pretty groovy from there. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. 